0: Four Please, Now Driving.
1: Hello everyone, welcome to Four Please, Now Driving, the official Masters podcast. I'm your host, Marty Smith from ESPN. It's Monday at the Masters, one of the most anticipated days in golf. Many of the 88 qualified players for the 87th Masters tournament spent Monday taking early steps towards what they hope is a green jacket march on Sunday. And while it's only Monday, the roar at Amen corner would suggest it was much deeper in the week. That was the sound when Sepp Straka hit an ace on 12, jumped into his caddy's arms, and euphorically high-fived Honda Classic winner Chris Kirk and Abraham Anser and their caddies. That sound and that emotion are part of the soundtrack of the greatest golf tournament in the world and speaks to the one-of-a-kind week-long experience that is the Masters, regardless which day you have the blessing of attending. I had the opportunity Monday to spend time on ESPN with three players in different phases of their golf journeys. First, former world number one Jason Day, who following 11 consecutive appearances here at Augusta National, missed the 2022 Masters.
0: Last year I was 175th in the world, and um, it, it's been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest, going from number one in the world to 175th and working my way back is has uh, been a bit of a journey, that's, you know, to say the least. But uh, personally, you know, had some stuff going off personally over the last few years with my mom, and then battling the injuries and trying to work my way out of that, and then rebuilding a golf swing. Um, it's been an interesting journey, something that I've actually thoroughly enjoyed, um, and and trying to learn and get better as, as as a person and a player over the last, you know, three to four years has has been uh, a real eye opener. It's been very humbling. Um, so, I'm excited after missing, you know, last year's event, uh, to be able to be here this year is a, is a blessing. What did you learn watching last year? Uh, that I was very disappointed in myself to be able to, you know let it get so far to the point where I wasn't able to physically practice or you know practice as much as I could have and that hurt my play and then I lost a lot of confidence and um that it was it it actually sucks um sitting at home watching this tournament because I I really enjoy being here each and every year. Given where
1: your game is now uh, give me a prognosis so what do you expect this week? Uh,
0: I mean in, in golf it's very difficult it's very uh it's a lot more predictable when you can see, you know, you know, in in regards to football or basketball, you know, you know who's really good and you know who needs to improve. And um, you know, this week I've had, you know, a lot of good play coming into this. You know, I I don't think fin- I haven't finished outside the top twenty this year, which is which is nice. Um, the game is is showing a lot of good signs. I just would like a little bit more consistency with the swing. And then, if I can just gain a little bit more control with uh, the speeds of my putts, which you actually, it's really crucial here. Um, Hopefully, that yields a lot of, like, some good play here this week. And if that happens and I find that confidence in myself, then who knows? You could be wearing the green jacket, which would be nice.
1: 2015 Masters Champion Jordan Spieth knows well the intersection at which a man's mental fortitude, which is absolutely vital to win the green jacket, meets his work ethic and God-given talent to reach the pinnacle of his dreams. I caught up with Spieth to gauge his opportunity in the 87th Masters. I feel really good. I had a um, really
2: nice stretch this last month and then a week off and um, I feel as complete or consistent a player as I have in quite a while so um, it's just about executing now. You know, I know what I need to do, I know what what it entails on this golf course, is just about going out and executing.
1: The history and tradition here are unparalleled, we know that, but what other factors going into this specific week separate the Masters from everything else?
2: I think it's a little bit of, you know, there's the patrons make it um, a lot. The golf course itself, uh, just so many natural amphitheater settings around that kind of shape a lot of the holes and allow for the massive crowds to be able to kind of find a spot and see a shot regardless of you know who's coming up and and whatnot so it's just a really special place no phones you know you feel like you can kind of be yourself around the facilities really interact with the people a little bit more and um yeah it's just a it's my favorite week of the year
1: i don't know if you're a superstition guy two years ago you won the texas open on easter last year you won the rbc heritage on easter so what confidence do you have this coming easter sunday well, I'll, uh,
2: I'll certainly um, certainly be asking the Lord for a similar situation as we come in, but I'm not sure that's how it works. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was cool. I mean, this time of year is when you want to peak. I was just a week off before and a week off after last year, so hopefully I've figured out how to do it this week.
1: You know, ultimately, what is success for you here? This is such a difficult Having place. a
2: chance on Sunday. Yeah, that's success for me, Um, working my way in and having one of the last few tee times on Sunday with a chance to win.
1: Cameron Smith produced a tremendous effort in 2022 before a one-over effort on Sunday left the Aussie tied for third and watching Scotty Scheffler walk up the 18th a champion. Smith told me Monday that that Sunday one year ago
3: was an education. Um, I, I guess uh, maybe got a little bit ahead of myself there, uh, maybe a little bit too aggressive on Sunday, uh, particularly that back nine, it, it, can, um, it can be very rewarding, this golf course, but also very um, kind of terrible to you as well, so uh, yeah, this took that patience into the rest of the year, um, and yeah, I just can't wait to get back out of here, I, I love this place so much.
1: First time that PGA Tour guys and the Live Tour guys have been in the same tournament, What's the energy been like among the players?
3: It's, it's been good. Um, you know, I've only been here for a couple hours now. I've spent a little bit of time on the range, um, lots, of, lots of hugs and lots of smiles, and it's just good to see some familiar faces. Um, you know, to, to be honest, I wasn't really sure how it was going to be, but, um, yeah, it's been awesome so far.
1: There was a lot of chatter about what that may end up being. So what does it tell you? about the fact that hugging each other and saying hello and pleasantries was the reaction
3: Um, yeah i think at the end of the day everyone's happy you know with themselves and and with where they're at um and i think uh being kind of colleagues i guess for so long and um and then not uh it's just good to see some familiar faces it's uh brought back some good old memories and um yeah just good to see the lads again
1: How will you define success this week here at Augusta National? Green jacket. That's
3: it? That's it. The green jacket, the symbol
1: that separates a champion from a legend. The embodiment of a title that precedes you, Masters Champion. Around here, not much else needs to be said. Another talented young player is Stanford University sophomore Rose Zhang, winner of the 2023 Augusta National Women's Amateur. Rose joined me in the Augusta National Press Building for a chat about the pressure of spending more than two years at world number one and what it feels like when a five-time Masters champion acknowledges your excellence publicly. If you would just share with me how you would describe your experience here at Augusta National Golf Club and we'll get into the amazing accomplishments that you've achieved uh, in just a moment
4: generally priceless I think that this experience is going to be something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life Um, I've never actually watched uh, any of the Masters um, after I finished the event the last couple years so being able to come out here and see the behind the scenes of everything that's happening right now prior to the actual tournament is Simply amazing. And I've just been enjoying every single moment of it.
1: I'm no Stanford math person, uh, but you've been world number one amateur for 133 consecutive weeks. That's more than two years, my friend.
4: That's a little crazy. That is, it's crazy. <laughs> I, I, I'm not a math person either. Well, um, that, that's, since a really my li- major. that's a really <laughs> long time.
1: What, what is it within you that enables that level of focus? Because you can have the talent, but it takes a very specific mental capacity and strength yes. to maintain that excellence.
4: 100%. I mean, it definitely wasn't easy getting to this point. And even though a lot of people see how I'm playing well every single event, there's a little break in between each one that I'm playing in. And I always have that little dip. I always have those struggles. Uh, And I think my ability to just overcome a lot of adversity and really grind out uh, my values and understanding how I should play um, play for myself that really just shows through when I'm actually on the golf course. And I think my asset to adjust quickly to different environments, uh, to different circumstances or situations allow me to be flexible. And that's just the ability to be consistent.
1: Play for myself. That's an interesting way to state it. When you're a young lady who has NIL (laughs) deals with Adidas, when you're a a young lady who has NIL deals with Beats by Dre, obviously your reach is much farther than just the golf course. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: What comes with that that those of us who don't live that life, especially as a young person, Mm -hmm. can't see or know?
4: It comes with a lot of responsibility. We live in this digital age where social media is a huge factor into athletes lives reputations and you're not only just an athlete anymore you're an entire influencer and uh, there's a lot of people that you affect um, based on the way that you perform based on the way you act and i realized that from an early age i think my parents have really taught me to be the best that you can be, but you have to represent a, in a way that you're proud of. And I think playing for myself, my definition of that is playing for the people that I love and who support me. And I'm playing for something bigger than myself. I And also that's partially why I came to college because I didn't want to just play as an LPGA pro and just try to earn a simple income, uh, and live a basic life. I wanted to have some sort of influence or impact on, uh, whatever community or, um, the world's in a sense. And, uh, that's kind of my mindset when I'm going out there on the golf course, cause it's not just me selfishly playing and thinking, Oh, this is, this is it. This is all I'm going to do. And I'm not going to influence anyone else.
1: What impact do you hope to have?
4: A positive one, that's for sure. (laughs) Uh, I don't want anything (laughs) negative to be out there um, that, um, you know, isn't a positive influence on others. Um, I think that it's my impact um, and purpose is not really determined yet. I feel like I'm in the midst of trying to figure that out, but the moral of what I want to do is. Uh, more so just leave the world in a better place than I found it. And after I do that, one way or another, uh, I think everything will work out and resolve on its own.
1: Well, you're doing such a great job already. I mean, beautifully <laughs> eloquent speaker. Um, you have great perspective for someone. I didn't know who or what I was until I was about in my late 30s. <laughs> so you're way ahead of the curve, young lady. Uh You mentioned overcoming adversity a few moments ago. Absolutely did that in the the (laughs) Augusta National Women's Amateur. Walk us through what that was like for you when you go in with a tremendous lead and then you got to grind.
4: Yeah, I'll backtrack a little bit. Um, Going into the event, I'm ranked world number one, so a lot of people have high expectations of me. I did a little PGA Tour meet – TJ Tour Superstore meet and greet uh, prior to coming to Augusta National and competing before the weekend. Um, that already is kind of, you know, on the track of I'm a big influence and a lot of people have high expectations of me to perform well. Um, so, that was an amazing event had a great time with little kids and then going into the tournament i really had to kind of change my mindset and gear towards the competition that i was going to have these are the top ranked amateur players in the world and not one of them is going to come in and say i'm just gonna pass by like i'm I'm not trying to win this event. They're all going to go for it. And um, I had to do the same. Um, So the first two days, practice rounds um, and first couple rounds, it was a lot of media attention. Um, I was being pulled left and right for quick quotes, uh, sound bites. And that's pretty difficult because you have to adjust well to um being able to have a flexible schedule but at the same time know why you're there to compete. And um that is one of the bigger obstacles for me during the week. Um and then going into the final round, obviously I was playing well, I had a big shot lead and um, because it's so important you obviously want to maintain that lead and (laughs) the prestige of this title is something that not a lot of people get to go after and i'm i was in a perfect position so um you know it was it was a lot of pressure on me um and i have high expectations on myself um but you know other there's thousands of people out there watching. So at the same time, you've got everything kind of on the line. And, yeah, I mean, it just shows that I was able to grind through it despite everything that happened coming down the last stretch. And uh, I'm just extremely grateful to be here.
1: It is so impressive, especially I keep going back to, to your age, when young people can compartmentalize as you're learning that walk through i'm going to use the word fame as you're learning that that walk through notoriety might be a better word mm-hmm. and to be able to compartmentalize all that stuff outside to be able to focus on this shot there are very few people rose who can do that in the world so congratulations <laughs> thank on thank your you victory so much. i know this morning as we speak uh, you went out and watched tiger woods tee off yes <laughs> I wonder being a Stanford student and him, of course, being the king of Stanford, what relationship, if any, you may have with him and and any interaction you may have had with him?
4: He's an absolute legacy, um, and we hold high respect to his career and everything that he's done for the game of golf, especially on our team, um, both on the men's and women's side, and I think Tiger is just a great role model for hard work, determination, and the ability to just grind through anything and everything. Um, And when I was watching him, I first saw him and met him, took a little quick picture um, before he teed off at the 2018 Ryder Cup uh, in Paris, but I obviously he doesn't know who i am yes he does (laughs) yes he does but i'm not sure he did in 2018 (laughs) um but it was just uh oh i verbally committed to stanford and that was it but now (laughs) (laughs) now he's um he knows me he tweeted out which i'm just super shocked by and he's always um keeping in contact with Coach Walker and Coach would send me uh, a couple snippets of their text about me and I'm just like, this can't be real. What's he this say? Is, he's just like, congrats. And I, something as simple as that is just absolutely amazing because I would have never expected him to even know like my name or anything of that sort. So <laughs> I'm just super, super grateful that he even knows who I am. <laughs>
1: well, it, again, it's a great testament to your golf game, the person you are, the way you hold yourself, carry yourself. I'll get you out of here on this. Um, (laughs) You've had obviously an historic amateur career. I do wonder when you look in your crystal ball down the road, what do you see for your future? What do you hope that looks like?
4: Hmm, I'm trying to envision a crystal ball right now. (laughs) Um, And I don't see anything. I see just like, bright light like I just don't I see like a shining path and I don't see anything or any obstacle blocking my way um and if there are little slip-ups little bumps they're not really obstacles I would treat them as little growth pains um so I mean the the doors are open anything's possible I don't have anything too much that I'm trying to accomplish in terms of, um, like just straight up wins because that's not how I function or how I think. So, um, I'm just going to be grinding away. Um, and even this event, I learned a lot about myself. I still have a lot to work on. What'd you learn? Well, I'm able to grind it out, but I made some dumb mistakes out there and that's not, that's not something good that Uh, you want to keep in your future game plan. (laughs) How much
1: of that had to do with the outside part of this experience?
4: Um, A little bit, but not really. I would say that I'm pretty well under pressure. Um, It's just more I still need to gain more technical knowledge on my game, and I still need to adjust slowly to... Uh, what I feel is best in terms of game plan and decision-making on the golf course. So um, I still feel like I have a long way to go. And watching these tour players out here, they're striping every single golf shot. They're making every single putt. That's what I want to do. I want to be able to do that and um, be consistent at it. So there's still there's still a lot to work on.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is an NCAA champion again, Uh, world number one for more than two years, and the Augusta National Women's Amateur Champion saying, i got to go to work. That (laughs) is the game of golf. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on all your tremendous historic success and best of luck as you move forward, Rose. I appreciate it. Thank you. Someone who knows well the path Rose took to this moment is golf commentator Hallie Ledbetter. Hallie shared with me what she's seen from Rose What she expects from the Masters this week, and just how much loot she spent over at the golf shop. Okay, young lady, we're going to start with, uh, I see you've come into our podcast studio Mm -hmm. carrying the iconic Masters merchandise store bag. How much did you spend? What is the most you've ever spent? And what are we going home with here?
5: Okay, well... Marty, I refer to it as the merchandise mansion because I think that place it literally looks like a it like is. a beautiful home, right? Uh, you, you know, not the damage wasn't too bad this year. It was, I think, it was just over six hundred bucks, but it was okay. my boyfriend and I combined. We got a few gifts for for his parents, for my brothers. So yeah, I feel like we. I tried to. No, not go too overboard because I do have a lot of master's merchandise already, but I felt like I got some stuff that I hadn't seen quite yet. I hadn't seen in years past and I felt like we did a good job. We left with some good stuff.
1: That is always the conundrum. Mm -hmm. It is, okay, I have a closet full of master's gear, right? but I'm going to go in here. I know I'm going to find something else I want. It's a vortex. You know, it's the one place on earth at which you can purchase said item. So you're like, okay. I don't care if it's 100 bucks, 150 bucks, $250, bucks. i am in.
5: Exactly. And the thing, too, about the Masters logo, I get a little, I get a little f- funny about when people mix logos, like from different golf courses or championships. By all means, get yourself a Masters belt, polo, quarter zip hat. Wear it all. Wear it all. Just the socks. I bought a pair of Masters socks today, Marty, and they are very comfortable. I bought, the, I bought those in years past.
1: I'm going <laughs> to have to go back now because I never thought of the belt. So I'm going to go check out the belt. Oh, for sure. And socks are imperative. I'm going to get socks. Yeah, because you,
5: you know how you're sitting right now, and then the little little right. logo peeks right out. It's a nice touch. You know, the, it's a subtle flex.
1: Somebody sees that, they go, "Can't hide money." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what money looks like. The Augusta National Women's Amateur was spectacular. It was amazing. Uh, we interviewed Rose Zhang uh, on this podcast as well, and what an impressive young woman. Unbelievable, unbelievable perspective for someone at all, much less at 19 years old. How do you describe what that young lady's doing?
5: I mean, this is actually her fifth tournament in a row that she's won. So she com- came in with so much expectation. I mean, it's impossible to to fathom feeling that much pressure. I mean, the favorite by an absolute... I mean, hundreds of miles she was the favorite by. And she showed that by shooting the course record at Champions Retreat and then shooting the course (laughs) record again at Champions Retreat and then coming in with that five-shot lead. And I was just so impressed, Marty, the fact that she started with a double. And her coach, Ann Walker, said that one of the most impressive things about Rose is her patience. So it was a rocky start. I mean, a couple over there after, I believe, four over after the front nine. And for her to... To you know, steady the ship, and then she went for the green on fifteen with that with that wood, which she said afterwards, I believe, uh, to the media that that was a mistake. But you know, she you live and you learn. And I just think for her to be, it, she hold a six footer there for a bogey, for her to be able to compose herself and then get it done despite all of that, it was just so so impressive to see. I think a lot of her Stanford's her Stanford teammates kid and they say that rose is dead inside (laughs) which is like a funny way to say that that she's just so incredibly composed she's like a she's rock solid when it comes to her emotions. so she faltered at the beginning but i just think it's a testament to how how calm and how mentally tough she is for her to be able to actually pull it off
1: completely agree it's always interesting to play with a lead i know she's used to doing that Mm -hmm. when you're number one for 130 plus weeks that's what you're accustomed to doing, but it is a different energy. This is Augusta National Golf Club, and to do it on national television the way she did and be so poised and, and so composed was just spectacular. I'm very taken by her personality as well. When you have NIL deals at Stanford, with you, know, you sign with Adidas, you have Beats by Dre, you have all of these partnerships as such a young person. You know the women's game so well. When you look into a crystal ball, mm-hmm. what do you see as her potential?
5: I mean, she's now the only person besides Tiger to win a U.S. Junior or USAM, the NCAA's individual title, and now to win here at Augusta. Remarkable. And I believe in her interview with <clears throat> Amanda Renner, she said, well, I guess that is just a, you know, a good sign for my future. And <laughs> I think that's, that's a perfect way to say it because you look at someone like Lydia Ko that had so much success at a young age, obviously decided not to go to college rose Zhang is going to college uh you know whether she turns pro or not remains to be seen but could she continue off and have the most successful collegiate career out of anyone for sure could she pull a michelle Wie and finish her stanford career and and simultaneously play on the lpga potentially i mean she could easily no problem compete on the lpga tour at 19 years old that's how good this girl is
1: Let's look ahead to the Masters Tournament, the 87th Masters here at Augusta National. I, there is no place – I'm so blessed. I get to cover all manner of, of different high-profile sporting event, events, but there's no place that feels like this. The energy here is unparalleled. How would you describe what the Masters energy is?
5: I mean, I think unparalleled is the right word. It's it's very difficult to put it into words. My My boyfriend – Came with me today. It was his first time ever at Augusta National. And to watch his face just light up. And, and you know, a lot of times you say, oh, you know, you've been a couple times. It it, it might wear off. But it doesn't. It mm-hmm. doesn't at all here. Every single year you walk in, you're just like, man, I am so blessed and grateful to be able to to come here and experience Augusta. Because it is it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and a once-in-a-lifetime feeling. So for us to be able to come here multiple times is just so incredibly special but everything is so so perfect and not only is the golf course incredible and obviously the golf that you're watching is incredible but also the people that work here at augusta national you can tell they're so so passionate about us enjoying the experience everybody's you know from the moment you step in people are saying what can i do for you where would you like to go how can i help you it's just a, whether you have a grounds pass or a berkman's pass or whether you're a, a a professional golfer it's just the the best experience from start to finish
1: Completely agree. I I love the focus on decorum. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I think it's so special. And what separates this event from everything else is how rooted you are in the event, because you're not distracted by the million inputs we have in our lives that take us away from being where our feet are. Here, we have the genuine ability to fellowship with one another and be exactly where we are, because we're not distracted, and that's the thing I love the most about the blessing of being here.
5: well, I think uh, when T- when Tiger won here most recently, the photo of him uh, making a fist pump on the last hole, and comparing that to Tiger winning, I think the the tour championship, He's like, you know, and you've got everybody with their phone in their hands, which is amazing for you to be able to capture that memory and show your friends. But to be there when Tiger won and see all the people simultaneously cheering because they couldn't, there were no phones, so they had to be fully, fully present. Even you know, I'd be. Lying if I said, I didn't walk around today on the course and occasionally, you know, have a phantom buzz or look for my phone. And it was just so refreshing to be like, well, I'll check my texts and my emails when I get back to the car, the <laughs> but I'm just going to fully be present and enjoy this, in, this time and this time in this place.
1: I completely agree. Anymore rare is the moment where we're capturing a moment in the film strip of our mind and our memory. Because we are all, all of us are guilty. I'm going to use the word guilty of, I got to make sure I capture this on my phone so I have it later. Right. Later's never as sweet as now. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the masters is right now. All right. I'll get you out of here on this. I need to know with all of your expertise, who you believe is going to have that green jacket on his back on Sunday night, April 9th, Easter Sunday.
5: Easter Sunday. Um... I think I'm gonna go with John Rahm, Marty. I'm just getting Very good, good vibes from him. I've got to work with him pretty recently and I just I, I think his, you know, his game's in a good spot. I think um, you know, maybe not as solid as of late, but I think he's really gonna I think he's gonna seize the moment here at Augusta this
1: week. All right, you guys heard of John Rahm. I like it. Um I'm gonna wait a few days to off for my choice. <laughs> I'm going to let you handle that right now. But thank you so much for your time. So full of gratitude. Always appreciate it.
5: Thank you, Marty. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you, Hallie, for sharing your insight with us. We'll see if John Rahm can fulfill your prophecy Sunday. Sunday evening here at Augusta National, the inaugural Road to the Masters Invitational, a collaboration between EA Sports PGA Tour and the Masters, was a rousing success. As a member of the broadcast team that evening, I'll tell you, the energy was palpable. The highlight for all of us were the members of the Augusta Boys and Girls Clubs who attended the event and saw some of their heroes participate in an unprecedented gaming event. The winners were country music icon Eric Church and golf influencer Roger Steele. Roger sat down with me Monday to share his master's experience, which he says was a dream. Ladies and gentlemen, now we're joined by a champion here at Augusta National Golf Club. Wow. Roger Steele joined Eric Church in winning the inaugural Road to the Masters Invitational on Saturday evening at, or was it Sunday evening? Sunday. On Sunday evening here at the Augusta National Golf Club. First of all, thank you for your time. Describe that event that you and I had the great blessing of being a part of.
6: I mean, just to keep it succinct, it was just probably something that I couldn't have imagined would happen here at Augusta National, or that I would even be a part of, you know what I mean? Even growing up, my parents were just trying to shoot down the whole notion that video games could be productive, and to think that video games is what got me inside at Augusta, and I actually became a golf champion. Through a video game at Augusta National, I just I'm, I'm having a hard time wrapping my mind around what exactly we saw. But I mean, top to bottom, start to finish, that event was amazing. They got the community involved, Boys and Girls Club, first tee. The kids were loving it. Everybody that participated was loving it. Reflecting, I might have been talking a little bit too much trash yesterday. <laughs> you know, but it, it was just it was just an unprecedented moment in golf, and to be a part of that is is something that. You know, I'll never forget, and I'll forever be grateful for.
1: I felt like your teammate Eric Church said it pretty well, as uh, you, he, and I had a post-victory conversation that everything Augusta National does is pristine. Everything yeah. Augusta National does, first class doesn't even. Yep. Doesn't even apply. It's, it's beyond of, it's that.
6: A, it's beyond first class,
1: and I, I think this is your first experience here walking the grounds seeing everything
6: what are your impressions well this is my second so second my last year i came as a patron and they even showed me a little bit of love last year you know they they sent the photographer out i got to you know take a a photo on 11 and, and you know they gave me some pictures on the ground but I was just like, man, you know, in the months leading up to this, you're like, man, how am I going to get to Augusta this year? Because that's even back in in November, you're thinking, like, man, April is coming. <laughs> hey, April is I coming. Six-month am... warning. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, man, we need to start figuring out these plans. Who do I need to start, you know, hitting up, sending some text messages, sending some cards and Christmas presents, to <laughs> to make sure they don't forget about me. But, you know, when I got the tap on the shoulder that we were going to be able to come down here and do something like this, I was like, yo, this is – insane and you know the the fact that you know coming into this you worry right because you know that it's augusta you know everything is super buttoned up you know you got to have all your i's dotted t's crossed like how much of myself am i going to be allowed to showcase if i do something with augusta inside they gave us some latitude they gave us room to (laughs) be us latitude you know and to have that happen here Mm -hmm. here of all places oh Oh man! So I mean, of course, I still have the utmost respect for the traditions of Augusta. Uh, walking around the, the property is, is surreal, just seeing how how much attention to detail is being paid. You know, I, I often think that this is one of the things that God looks at and say, "You know what? Those humans ain't that bad. They finally, <laughs> they, they, they finally figured something out, man. <laughs> they, they finally, they finally got on the right path." You know, but uh, but I, I'm just overwhelmed with. The ex- I was overwhelmed with the experience when I came here as a patron, but to actually be collaborating with Augusta National, is just, you know, you couldn't dream this stuff up. You've had such an interesting path
1: to this moment and, and, and to, to being here this weekend. There are going to be people listening who don't know that path. Yeah. Describe for us your golf journey, because being around you the last couple of days, the passion you have for the game is palpable. It radiates from you and you've taken a unique approach to championing the game. Yeah, D- Define and describe that for me.
6: You know, I, I grew up in inner city Chicago, and golf was presented to me as a way to stay out of trouble, right? It was a way for my dad to keep his eyes on me. It was a lot of things going on in Chicago that he just didn't want me to have to navigate uh, in my younger years, and golf gave him an environment and a, a ecosystem of friends that would just watch me, you know? Like, I, I couldn't. Most I do is lose some money, you know, I'm not I'm not going to lose my (laughs) life or my freedom on the golf course. You know what I mean? So, you know, in realizing that, you know, I didn't appreciate this as a kid. But growing up, seeing how what I was actually learning during that time was another language is kind of crazy. Right. So as I get older, I start to realize that because I play golf, you know, I'm able to have conversations with people that otherwise wouldn't look at me twice. You know, all through this game, it's, it's me, it's, it's still, it's just me, but then I add golf, and now it's like I have access to this whole other world of, of people and opportunities. And so when I realized that, you know, in my mid-20s, I was like, man, this is so crazy, the, the way that I'm able to navigate life through this sport, I really put it on my shoulders and said, yo, I really want other people to know about the opportunities that are available to you through this game, You know, I want other kids to know that, hey, it's it's not just basketball, football, rap, whatever the case, to to navigate ways out of inner cities. Like if you add this game to anything that you want to be a part of, it just, you know, kicks up the trajectory a little bit as far as what's possible. And so, you know, over the last I want to say I've been at it for a while. But, you know, over the last two or three years, we've really made some big strides. But I've just been trying to get golf clubs in people's hands who otherwise wouldn't try it. Who who didn't know what the opportunities would be uh, if they gave the game a chance, and to help them understand that they do have a place that they belong in this in the sport as well, right? Like when you come into the game, you're not an outsider. You know, this is your game just as much as it is anyone else's game. And I think that that's important that we have a lot of different types of representation uh, in the sport. And so I spent a lot of time with youth organizations, uh, with minority, you know, groups and, you know, minority millennial groups and professional groups and, you know, different types of athletes. And I've just really tried to sing the praises of, you know, your life plus golf equals a better life. And that's that's really been the, the crux of everything that I've been trying to accomplish.
1: It's interesting to me hearing you describe your path. It reminds me of Tony Finau's path to PGA Tour star. He grew up in inner city, Salt Lake City, Utah. And I did a story on him several years back where he really described that environment in great detail for me. Drugs, gangs, violence, you name it, he saw it. They were in that environment. But his father was determined to use golf to ensure that his sons were not involved or succumbed to that environment to the point where during the winter months their father would hang a mattress in the garage and Tony would hit golf balls into one side and Gipper would hit balls into the other side and the garage door was dented from wayward shots and Tony told me that that mattress was everywhere from the 16th here at Augusta National to the 17th at Sawgrass. And that that was their avenue out. And he had such a unique journey to get to the PGA Tour. You talk about grinding. You talk about passion. You talk about relentless effort and dogged determination. Tony Finau is that guy. And that's why nothing that happens out on the golf course rattles him. And he's such a sweet soul. He's someone that I admire so much because he has a spirit. He has a light. He has a genuine kindness for everyone with whom he interacts. And I truly believe, Roger, that this week he will be formidable. I I think I'm not alone in being someone who considers him to be one of these competitors this week who has a really good shot at maybe earning that first green jacket,
6: I mean you swimming I mean you, you swimming upstream you know the entire time until you reach a tipping point, you know what I mean, but it's just there's not a lot of people that are celebrating you for for trying to get in the game when you're young. you don't have a a lot of resources and access. And then the crazy thing about it, too, where you got to really applaud Tony is that, like, you got to imagine as a youth golfer, of course, he was talented. He was, you know, coordinated. He was strong, you know, big relative to the other kids. But, you know, when they got access to different types of courses, when they got access to different types of conditions, when they can travel and play, see the best coaches, all of these things. I mean, you the, the development gaps when you're young can be. Just just, just too much to endure, right? And kids can't handle that psychologically to, to fail in those ways. And so, you know, when I look at somebody like Tony, the endurance that he must have had and, the, you know, the self-belief that he must have had com- combined with the talent. I mean, the game is so much better for having him. But, uh, you know, I just applaud him. Uh, for everything that he's done personally and what he's put on his shoulders and getting here, doing it his way, bringing his family along, not losing those values along the way as well. Uh, he, he's one of the best ambassadors for the game that I think that we have.
1: He's such a light in the world. His, his spirit is palpable and he exemplifies beautifully everything that you just so, uh, said so eloquently. Uh, I got one more thing I want to ask you. You've done such a great job uh, on social media and YouTube, and of opening up some of these folks that love this game and 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 champion this game. Which interview gave you the most
6: pause and taught you the most? Um, man, I think that my time with uh, with Steph. We we spent some time with with, with Steph. He he refer he prefers to be called Stephen Curry. I'm gonna still call him Steph. That's a, that extra <laughs> syllable. I can't get with that extra syllable, man. I, you know, but uh, but my time with Steph was, I think, monumental for me in a lot of ways because it helped me understand that golf really is like an equalizer. You know, it's what I a mean? universal language. It's is a, what it is. It's a universal language, and you think about it, like something. Give me your hero, whoever idolized, whoever you idolize, coming MJ. up. M J. Exactly, exactly. You know, we're still waiting on that connect, so if you got an end there, just let me know. I, know <laughs> I got Carolina you, man. Guy. But, uh, but look, you think about MJ, right? Like, you know, for everything that he's accomplished – if if me and MJ got on the on a you know on the driving range and on the first tee box, it's like, hey man, you MJ, but like I got these golf clubs in my hand now. You don't, you ain't as tall as you are on TV, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? You look a real gettable right now. So it's like, I, and I love that when I spent that time with with Steph, it was like, man, he is you know one of the most prolific players uh, in history. But when we put these golf clubs in our hands, we just Roger and Steph, dog. You know what I mean? And so that that was something that really, you know, opened my mind to the fact that if you love this game equally and you dedicate yourself to this game as much as some of your heroes are, it really levels out how you guys can exist as human beings, right? We all on the same journey. We all trying to get better at the sport, be a little less trash every day. And, you know, that's something that that unites us all, you know, so – Regardless of our, you know, separate pursuits and and accolades, like when we pick up golf clubs and, and, you know, hit golf shots next to each other, like we just we just golfers, you know, and we can shed all of that, that pomp and all of that outside circumstance and just exist in these moments. And and that that opened my mind to like um, like the beauty of the game, but also the power of the game. You're meeting some of the most powerful people in the world. And it's like, yeah, I know what you do, but, but tell me about your round yesterday. <laughs> Yo, what you get on 13? You know what I mean? And, and that's what you nicer saw. So I'm, I'm just, you know, out in the streets like a Jehovah Witness talking about, man, people, hey, come grab these golf clubs, baby. We're going door to door with it, man. Like, hey, grab these golf clubs. Meet me at the golf course. Meet me at the driving range. Meet me somewhere, man. But you, you need this game, you know, and I'm not stopping until I, until I get more clubs and more people hands.
1: Well, you speak about the game so beautifully, and I love your passion for it. I appreciate your time so much. And one of the great things about this event specifically that I just – I love so much is, I mean, you're, you're a guy from Chicago who never dreamed he would be sitting on these grounds. Never. I'm a guy from Appalachia who never dreamed he'd be anywhere near these grounds. <laughs> and we get to sit here together in fellowship at the Church of
6: Golf. The Church of Golf, baby. The church will God. This is, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, I'm, I'm just trying to internalize these moments and be as present as possible because I do feel like we're literally a part of history. This is the most a part of history uh, that I felt in, in a very long time. You know, for, for all of us to be validated in these ways, it lets you know that you're doing something right and that the game is ready to receive you as well, right? And it's like opportunity and time and just meeting. And um, all, all of this feels very surreal. So I appreciate you letting me be a part of, uh, of this journey and your journey. And, and man, I know that we're going to have a lot more intersections in the future.
1: I'm so grateful for Roger's perspective. And he's so right, my friends. This game. These grounds, the Masters Tournament, are for everyone. That does it for Monday at the Masters 2023. I'm your host, Marty Smith. We'll be back Tuesday with more insightful interviews and updates from the 87th Masters Tournament. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. This is for Please Now Driving, the official Masters podcast. We'll see you Tuesday.